I felt like my heart was free and I quit the next day. And I handed my notice in and thought, you know, instead of thinking, who am I if I'm not that? I thought I am now becoming what I'm meant to be. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to the podcast. I hope you had a really restful weekend, whether you were celebrating the holiday or you're not celebrating the holiday, but I just hope you just felt so full. And I have to say it was really, really beautiful. I sometimes feel sad on the holidays because since I was really young, my parents are divorced and my husband also didn't always have the most joyful holiday because his dad passed away when he was a kid. And so for both of us, respectively when we were growing up holidays could just sometimes be just challenging and you know even now it's not like we have this huge family and everybody shows up at the house on thanksgiving or christmas or passover or whatever the holiday is so you know it was just really beautiful because it was just me and my husband and my kids and just our family and it was beautiful really unbelievably so beautiful and i i wouldn't want it any other way we went out to malibu and it was really beautiful and super windy but the temperature was great and then we just kind of let the day free flow and we wound up uh having dinner overlooking the beach and uh the next day we went to the mall but not for typical shopping we actually went because there's a new escape room place there and we did an escape room which is really fun and it was just a pleasure to have those other days of the week that the kids were off school just to kind of hang out. I read a book. And when I say that like that, I read books all the time, but I read a book for fun, just like a piece of fiction. So much fun. So it's just so restorative to do days like that where you don't really have any big commitments. You don't have anything planned and you just kind of hang out with the people you love. So I wish that for all of us, um, whether it's a holiday weekend or not. We have a couple cool things going on over here for the Black Friday Cyber Monday. You can go to my Instagram and check it out at kathy.heller. But for those of you who have been interested in possibly applying for the mastermind, we are doing a special. So if you put your deposit down by Thursday, if you get yourself in by Thursday, if you enroll, you will get a savings. So there's that. And then we also have a couple other packages right now. We're doing this Abundant Now bundle, and we're also doing this Passion to Profit workshop. Both of those you can find in my Instagram bio, and those are like $57 and really inexpensive. So you could check that out because I think there's a lot of value in there for sure. All right. Well, I'm so thrilled because Andrea McLean is here with us today. She's a mindset mentor, CEO, and co-founder of This Girl is on Fire. 
She's a life coach, award-winning national television broadcaster, and the number one Sunday Times bestselling author. She's also a podcast host. She had a 24-year career as a national daytime TV broadcaster in the UK. She interviewed Oprah Winfrey, Beyonce, Drew Barrymore, Amy Schumer, and she's worked alongside such amazing panelists such as Goldie Hawn and Eva Longoria. But during the pandemic, she quit her job as the longest serving host of a multi-award winning TV show to focus on doing what she really wanted to do now, which is helping women around the world think differently about themselves and think differently about their circumstances and the challenges that life can throw at us. So she founded This Girl is on Fire. It's an expert-led mindset membership supporting a community of women who are united by one purpose, working on their mindset so that they have the self-belief and self-love they need to make positive changes to their life. She also wrote a great book called This Girl is on Fire. And earlier this year, she released another book, You Just Need to Believe It, 10 Ways in 10 Days to Unlock Your Courage and Reclaim Your Power. This is the book that will help you step outside of your comfort zone, empower yourself, and find happiness in just 10 days. It's filled with so many helpful tools and wisdom, so definitely get yourself a copy. And make sure that you listen to Andrea's podcast, This Girl's on Fire, where she has conversations with the most incredible women about how they got to where they are in life and how they've overcome the hardest challenges and discovered their calling and what it takes to be brave and get confident and get going. Some of her guests include Jessica Huey and Lisa Bilyeu, and we both share our love for them. So I know that you will enjoy her podcast. I think it's so courageous that Andrea walked away from such a prestigious, successful career so she could follow her calling. It's such an important reminder that we can always make the choice to pivot and go for that dream where we feel truly aligned and abundant and the door is already open. All we have to do is walk through it. You're going to love Andrea, so I won't keep you waiting any longer. Without further ado, please welcome the phenomenal Andrea McLean. Hi, so nice to meet you in sort of in person. Hello, so nice to sort of meet you in person as well after all our little texts and DMs. I know, and I was so touched when you just reached out. I was so flattered because you're such a beautiful presence. So it's so cool to have you here. Oh, so it's been lovely to me to meet your community. And I'm just really, really looking forward to what's going to happen over the next hour or so. Oh, well, let's dive right in. You've written books and had so much of your own sparkle in many parts of your career, but you have a sign for one of the things that you've been putting in the world, This Girl is on Fire, which is a book that came out in 2020. And before we dive into your story and the books, I just want to say, it's amazing, isn't it? How depending on where we are sort of holding emotionally in a moment, we can just forget everything that we wanted to show up for today. And um, we have so much being thrown at us all the time. There's always something. And I think that we have to learn how to cultivate this internal thermostat so that we can make every single day as we want it to be because it's such a precious gift. And so I love that you've been helping women, especially to claim it for themselves and be in charge of the way that it's going to go. So, so thank you for doing all of that. And that's why I thought there's no better time for this conversation than every day. So let's talk about how you got into this work. What was the sort of arc in your own story that made it evident to you that this kind of mission really mattered and became sort of what you wanted to dedicate your life to? 
I think for me, I'm 53 now. And for me, it was something that was sort of growing and growing. I would say over the last six years or so, it was a space that I I was diving into more on my own. It's something I'd been interested in my whole life, really. But I was starting to try and help as many people as I could just in my own little way, I suppose, um, to give it sort of context. So here in the UK, I, until two years ago, when I quit my job in the middle of the pandemic, I was a national TV broadcaster. I, I was the host of the British equivalent of The View. I did that for 13 years. And then I worked on, again, the British equivalent of Good Morning America for 11 years before that. So I was a very recognized face as a certain thing. But I was just feeling more and more pulled towards service. And while I was trying to sort of do it on air and, and do it in the, in the medium that I was, had been working in for 20 odd years, it just it, it didn't feel complete. So for me, the catalyst was actually something that was pretty horrible, but it was, as we all know, getting to rock bottom is actually the perfect place because that's where you, you push off from. Um, I had a breakdown. I literally got to the end of my tether, as I say here in, in the UK. I had tried to be the perfect presenter, perfect mum, perfect wife, turn up for everybody do as much as I could on the side to help as many women as I could. I hadn't addressed a lot of stuff that I was lugging around like a bag of rocks. And then one day it all got too much. And about a couple of hours before I was due to go on air, I literally collapsed and had a moment of, I can't do this anymore. Being a professional, pulled myself together, managed to host the show, and then went home and said to my husband, I can't do this anymore. And that was when I started putting in place plans for, right, if this is my rock bottom, if I could wave a magic wand and do anything with my life, what would it look like? And I realized I wanted to go all in on This Girl's on Fire. I'd already formed it. It was an online blog where I was, like I said, I was helping people as much as I could. And that was what I did. And I've just spent the past however many years it's been now putting into place as much as I could to not only help women here in the UK, but to do it globally, because the human condition is a global experience. Just because I happen to live here, it doesn't mean it's, you know, what I feel or experience is any different to anybody else. So in a nutshell, that is what sort of got me to where I am right now. Oh my God. It is so brave and so epic that you shared that story. So the morning show is clearly all about you and you're the you're who Alex Levy wishes she was. <laughs> um, I did watch. Do you know, can I just tell you, I was in that. I was literally watching it, sitting with my husband. And it was the start of the second series. And we're sitting at home, you know, with a little glass, watching it. And we both went, that's me. That's you. And, you know, in the background, they show TV shows that are playing if you watch series one, there's a bit when they go into the boss's office. I'm on the screen in the background. How amazing is that? It's so meta, right? Because it's like exactly parallel <laughs> to what you were experiencing. You're like, this is hitting a little too close to home. <laughs> yeah. um, it's really generous that you share so transparently the story because 
boy, do we all think that everyone else is just living their best life and we're the only one who are, you know, reeling in these moments. And that's definitely not the case. Let's see if we could unpack that for a second. Like what led to that? What do you think the lesson was in why the train got off the track? So I don't know if it's screening over in America at the moment, but have you heard of a program called SAS Who Des Wins? I'm pretty sure it is coming your way, but it started here in the UK. There's a TV program called SAS Who Dares Wins. And the premise of it is where they take normal people and it's four ex-Marines and they whisk you away and put a bag over your head and pretty much kidnap you and take you to a deserted place. And they they put you through your paces. They take all your belongings off of you and you are pretty much shouted at from morning till night. And it's very physical and very mental. I went on that show. It was the first time they'd ever done a celebrity version. At the time, I was the oldest person to ever take part. And I was among the first ever group of women to ever take part. So you might think, why would I say yes to doing this horrific show? I said yes, because it felt like the universe wanted me to because I turned it down three times and it kept coming back. And the third or fourth time that it came back, I thought there's a reason why they're being so persistent with this because in the TV world, if you turn something down, they may politely ask you one more time and then that's, you know, they'll have a list of other people, but it it kept coming back. And I thought there's a reason why I need to do this. There's a reason why I'm being called to do this. And the reason became really clear because doing that show changed my whole life. Why is that? The moment that we, and it it sounds horrific when you say it out loud now, but you get bags put over your head and you're driven off somewhere. And it is scary, even though, you know, it's it's a TV show. The moment the bag was whipped off of my head and there's a, Marines shouting at me and glaring into my eyes. I'd had some fairly traumatic things happen to me in my past that I hadn't addressed. And in that moment, it was like that. I was back there and it was like a box opened and all the bats flew out and I couldn't push them back in again. And doing that show, it was very brutal physically and mentally. The SAS guys figured out quite quickly what was happening with me called me in, uh, interrogated me, got me to admit what was actually happening. They didn't show it on the television. They were The production team were very kind. And what they explained to me, the SAS men, was every time we shout at you, allow yourself to feel the rage that you didn't allow yourself to feel before because you were afraid. We want to see how angry you are and how hurt you are and how much pain you're in. Release it onto us. So I took part in the show. I ended up getting discharged medically because I got hypothermia. I came home and I'd had this insane experience that you come back to your normal life and you're being a mum and you're going back to work and you're trying to explain to your husband, well, it really was quite awful. And then they did shout at me a lot. And yeah, some stuff came up, but I think I'm okay. And I realized actually I wasn't okay. And I tried to go back to normal life, but I couldn't get the bats back in the box. And For me, that was what started the sort of disintegration of all the masks that we wear, all the things that we put in place to keep ourselves so busy that we don't actually address any of the things that are causing us so much distress. What they 
do is eventually they build and build and build like layers of mud and silt. And eventually I just got so heavy and so full, I fell down. And I've been very open about it afterwards because I realized that no one would expect it of me. You know, I'm a very open, friendly, warm person that no one would ever have expected that I had experienced trauma in my past because I never spoke about it. And whilst I, I still have never gone into the into the details of it, to be open about the fact that actually I'd experienced something, not dealt with it and held it in had led to me falling down, meant that it helped other people hold their hands up and admit that they'd experienced things either in their past, their distant past, their their near past, or were experiencing in their present. And it was quite rare for someone in the public eye, especially a national daytime daily presenter who everyone tunes in every day, expecting, you know, to see my smiley face interviewing people and, and this sort of thing. And I decided to write a book about it. And the book was called This Girl's on Fire. And that was what kickstarted the whole process of I'm going to walk away from this life, which was all I'd known really for two decades and go fully into helping people at whatever it is, you know, my experience is my experience. We all have our own, you know, universal experience, but really all I do now, I have the best job in the world. My job is to just help people feel really great about themselves. I trained as a coach. I spend my life interviewing experts and I'm just the vehicle. That's all I see myself as. I'm just the vehicle. It passes through me and I'm lucky that I have a big mouth, mouthpiece, well, a big mouth as well. And, um, I just pass it on to everybody. Wow. So important that we have these conversations. It couldn't be more important. You know, you ask people, why do you want success? Why do you want achievement? Why do you want abundance? And usually the sponsoring feeling is freedom. We want this sense of freedom. If we have money, there's a sense that we'll be feeling free. If we have success, there's a feeling of free, of of being really having achieved. What does that mean? It means that who you are, your potential has been set free. And really this freedom is on the other side of your authenticity and what's at risk for so many of us in so many moments is belonging, is people being uncomfortable with our truth, is people exiting the relationship. And truly it's too high a cost. It's Mm. too high a cost to wear a mask because you don't belong to anyone if you don't belong to yourself. And we have to stop thinking that discomfort is equal to some kind of danger. It's like, we're not willing to have confrontation or hold that we might put our truth down at the Thanksgiving table. There can still be love. In fact, there can be an opportunity for even a greater aspect of love when there's authenticity and we can allow people to have their responses and we can be free. And we don't really come in this world meant to belong to everyone. There's all kinds of people in this world and some people are never going to go and sing show tunes with you. That's just not their thing. And some people are not going to be interested in hiking or be interested in your values. And it doesn't mean you can't respect and love them, but you don't really belong to everyone. And it really, you run the risk of not belonging to the people you belong to 
when you try to belong to everyone. And I can only imagine for you being so smart and so pretty that you got a lot of praise and it almost becomes a sense of affirmation. Oh, oh, I'm supposed to be pleasing all the time. Like, clearly this is what I do. I, I make people feel at ease and I check all the boxes. And then you just can get sort of stuck in a place where you forget that that's not your job. Your job is not that. I, I think for me, it was, I've always been a really good girl. So I was a great daughter. I still am a great daughter. I have a brilliant parents, really lucky, uh, who are still with us and they, they live around the corner from me. Uh, but I was an eldest daughter, loved trying my hardest, being my best uh, and this sort of thing. But as I grew into my sort of early 20s and early 30s, I realized that that had become quite brittle because I attached so it was almost like don't step on the cracks don't get anything wrong always do your best always be perky always be smiling or take whatever adversity and there are there if you watch the morning shows a lot of adversity and take everything with it you know with a smile and just accept it is what it what it is and even in my previous relationships stay quiet dim your light make yourself small constantly acquiesce and it became a survival technique, really, in some instances. But then also what happened with my career, and I loved my job. It's such a brilliant job being able to be on national TV for so, for so long. I did it from when I was in my 20s. So people have grown up with me. They know me. Um, I get still stopped in, in the street by people who obviously recognize me from even way back. But the problem came when I was considering leaving was one obviously financially because I was quitting my job in the middle of a pandemic to start a business that I'd no idea whether it would work or not but also the ego tries to stop you because who am I if I'm not this thing I have been this thing for so long I have a job that's shiny and everybody is fighting to get in and yet I'm walking against the stream to get out but the feeling of I'm not in the right place became too strong so actually, once I'd weighed the pros and cons of, of the practicalities of, of leaving and sort of wrote them all down, and I wrote what I call my blueprint for failure, which is, okay, what is it you're scared of? Now, if this happens, could you live with that? Yes. Right. Okay. So if this happens, could you live with that? Yes. When I got all the way down to the worst possible outcome, could I live with that? And do I still want to do this? Yes then I felt like my heart was free and I quit the next day. And I handed my notice in and thought, you know, instead of thinking, who am I if I'm not that? I thought I am now becoming what I'm meant to be. And literally the day I left, you know, after a 20 odd year career working for the same national broadcaster, it's so funny because this thing that seems so important, I left with a cake, some cards, all the clothes I could literally cram into a bag without the wardrobe people stopping me. <laughs> Actually, I'm joking. They were really good. But they helped me cram it into a bag. And that's it. That's all you have to show. And I got home. You know, my husband said, so how do you feel? And I said, I feel free. I feel free. And then, then that was it on the Monday started working and doing something completely different. And that fear that I had of people saying to me, didn't you used to be? has actually never happened because I am still me. People say, oh, you're Andrea. 
oh, I recognize you. And it's so beautiful because now I'm getting women sidling up to me in supermarkets saying, I'm a member of your community. I read your book and now I'm being known for this. And actually, I needn't have worried because that whole worry of who am I if I am not is irrelevant because I am. I am what I am. Oh, it's so beautiful. And I love that you just ended it with I am what I am, that I am. I was just this week uh, with Deepak Chopra for three days meditating with Deepak. And what I was going to say a second before you finished was really at the heart of that, which is the greatest, most satisfying moment is being able to sit beside yourself and find a sense of lightness of being that you are just this I am. You're not your name, and you're not your parents, and you're not your history, and you're not your work. And your identity is really just this conscious, beautiful, endless soul. And everything we're seeking is that connection with that which is really, which is that, which is that endless, unending, beautiful part of us that is truly us, that was there at the moment of conception. And there is no amount of anything in the exterior that changes your perception of your experience of being present to what you really are. And when you have lightness of being, you're free. And as much as people want achievement and all of the things that we're constantly seeing with our eyes, what we really want is bliss and transcendence and a mystical experience and a feeling of wholeness. That is what everyone actually wants And none of that comes from anything other than being in integrity. And so for all of us, especially if you're building something and you're building a podcast or you're thinking of creating a platform or speaking about whatever feels true for you, that is a path to more of that lightness of being because it's all about the process of it. It's not about the outcome. It's not what's on the other side. It's an opportunity. It's a vehicle to practice being in that place. And it's an amazing thing. It's like your life becomes a meditation when you can just live your life out loud. And I think that's why your books are landing. And I think that's why you've always resonated with people because there is such a goodness and a lovingness that comes through you. So let's talk for a second about what you want people to walk away from with the community you've built, with the books. Ultimately, what is the pain point that you're trying to help people to solve, to heal? For me, if I could pass on one thing, and I really strongly feel that at the beginning, it was who am I to do this thing, but it just, it genuinely felt like a calling. And then when I, I did meditate on it and sit in stillness with it, and I realized I was putting too much pressure on myself for having to come up with all the answers. And I realized actually, no, it it comes through me. It's not 
me. It's the people that I interview or introduce my community to. And the one thing that I would love to pass on to my community is to understand the power of walking alongside your fear. Because we're so afraid. Sometimes we're afraid of our own power. We're afraid of what we see as our weakness. We're afraid of other people's judgment of us. There are so, so many things. It's like a frequency that we tune into our fear and it becomes so loud that we can't hear anything else. And everything that I try and express to my community or teach them kind of leads back to the same thing. You know, people talk about crushing fear and overcoming fear. And you will never do these things. You learn to walk alongside fear. And one of the ways that I do this with the community is, like I say, through books and this sort of thing. It's a visualization that I talk them through where I get them to close their eyes and I tell them to imagine themselves in a cell. Now, it can be like a, a basement and a dark cell and there are bars in front of you and in, in front of you is a ferocious tiger, a huge beast. And it is this tiger that just marches up and down and up and down. And it's terrifying. And Every time you make a move to walk towards the front of the cage, the tiger launches itself at you and you back away with fear. And then one day you notice that this tiger is female. And you'd always assume that because it looks so big and scary that is male and is keeping you prisoner. And then you realize that actually this tiger has never, it's never once tried to get in. It's never tried to get at you. What it's doing is protecting you. And with that realization, you realize that the door has been open the whole time. So I talked them through this visualization of walking through the door, tiger, pouncing on them, pinning them to the floor, roaring into their face so that their whole being is consumed with the roar of this tiger. And that is fear. And what you realize that actually that fear comes from love and it's trying to protect you and keep you safe. And the way to overcome it is to love it back, is to hold the tiger's face and will yourself, even though you're so afraid to feel so much love for this creature that actually it will step off you and you can step up, place your hand on its head and walk alongside it. And between you, you are courage. The tiger is fear and you can walk alongside it. And every time you feel its hackles rise and you you feel that fear, you realize it's trying to protect you. Don't try and squash it down. Don't try and smash it with very masculine sort of energy. Actually place your hand on its head and reassure it's okay up. I've got this and thank you so much for trying to protect me. So in a nutshell, that, that's what I try and show, show the women in my community. Fear is so powerful and so beautiful, but you will never squash it and you shouldn't because it's there to look after you. That is absolutely stunning. I have never, ever, ever heard it turned around like that. And it is so incredibly helpful because you're not going to get rid of the Joker. You know, Batman actually wouldn't be Batman without the Joker. And it's our ego. It's all that fear that was designed originally to help protect us. And so it is so, it really is so moving. I've never thought of it that way, but to really love it. You wrote a book more recently 
called You Just Need to Believe It 10 Ways in 10 Days to Unlock Your Courage and Reclaim Your Power. And what you just said is very much a step in that direction. What else do we need to understand as we are walking toward the life we really know is for us and there's fear? Because I will just say what's really frustrating is that very often fear doesn't present itself as fear. It presents itself as something else. And really it's just fear, but it will present itself as, oh, I'm just lacking this resource. I need more time. This isn't good. I need to redo this when really it's just fear. And it Mm -hmm. presents itself as it's just that I don't know this thing. I don't know that thing. And it's really a, I'm scared in this moment. It's not really a strategy question as much Mm -hmm. as it's a courage question. And there's a feeling of fear that I don't even recognize because it's in my blind spot. And so as we want to be able to move into our greatness and into the life that just feels like it's filled with ease and synchronicity, we do need to be working with this fear. And I'm curious what you would say, because sometimes it really doesn't present as such, even though that's all it is. Well, sometimes, not even sometimes, very often, fear can present itself as anger. For example, if you're if you're having a conversation with someone or you're feeling in conflict with someone and something in you rises and you're so angry, a lot of the time that is fear because you're feeling threatened or there's something about their behavior or their tone of voice that is reminding you of something from your past that is making you feel fearful. So I think, and again, I, I know your community will already be so good at this, is to be curious. That's a strange reaction. Why am I so angry about this thing, which actually doesn't feel that important, if we're able to tune into ourselves and understand, oh gosh, it's because they actually remind me of this and I'm frightened and I'm feeling defensive, or I'm frightened that I'm going to be caught out. I'm frightened that you're going to call me out. I'm frightened that you're going to ask me a question that I don't know the answer to, and then I'm going to look ridiculous. There's so many things. And going back to the book that you mentioned called, You Just Need to Believe It, The reason I called it that is tied up in this. And it's because this idea that, you know, you just need to believe in something and all your wishes will come true and and life will be easy and it will all be great is clearly not how life is. However, you have this superpower, which is believing in something because you already believe something about yourself. But nine times out of 10, it's probably something that's not great. You already believe that you're not good enough or you're too big or too small or too stupid or too slow or all this huge list of things that you already believe in yourself. And you're convinced by it. You're 100%. If you took a lie detector test, you would pass because you so strongly believe this about yourself. So you already have this skill. All you need to do is learn to flip it on its head. If you can believe one thing about yourself, you can believe another thing about yourself. And why I call it 10 ways in 10 days. It's clearly you're not going to be fixed in 10 days not that anyone needs to be fixed but you know you're not going to be able to flip it I will show you over a process of 10 days just different ways of looking at things that you do every day and don't even think twice about and show you that actually what you're doing is you're operating from a place of fear and if you can flip that around again be curious 
why do I do it? Because it's what I've always done. Why do I always do this? Gosh, it's because something my mum said to me when I was growing up and actually it's stuck in my head. Really, it's just about retraining ourselves. And one of the ways that I sort of showcase it is you brush your teeth every day. Try brushing your teeth with the other hand. It feels really weird. You almost can't do it. You can't quite get your hand in the, in the right way. So every time you berate yourself for not being able to do something or being able to switch your mindset, remind yourself how hard it is to brush your teeth with the other hand. It's just because you're not used to it. It's exactly the same thing. You wouldn't call yourself stupid for not being able to do that. Because why would you be able to do that? And yet you'll call yourself stupid because you haven't, I don't know, stuck to an exercise plan or you're dating someone who, oh my gosh, is exactly the same like the last person that you dated. You've just fallen into a pattern. So just a little a little mindset trick, just literally try and brush your teeth with the other hand to remind yourself you're trying to do something that's actually quite hard. You are capable. You're just not used to doing this. Mm. People are enjoying your words so much and we will definitely put links to the books and all of the things. And I would also just like to add that, you know, my path for the last 24 years has been practicing meditation and really connecting with that divine intelligence. And it really is our default. We're really actually good at it. We really have this part of us that's always really in this uh, well-being. It's just that we don't notice it. But really, if you think the thought right now, I wonder what my next thought's going to be, you'll notice that there's a part of you witnessing it. And that's who you are, the witness, right? But if you feel your pulse, even if you're having a moment where you're just like locked into some frenetic spinning thought, because that's what the mind does. There's a part of us that's just always, always, always within reach. That is kind of like this ocean inside. My mindfulness teacher used to say, imagine if you looked at the ocean and you made an assumption that the ocean was always moving. Because if you look at the ocean, it looks like that. Because the top of the ocean is constantly responding and reacting to the weather. So it's never still. And if you went into the ocean, if you went down four feet, nine feet, a mile, when you go down into the water, you realize how vast the ocean is, how incredibly still it is, how heavy, how quiet, how deafeningly still. And that the great majority of this incredible body of water called the ocean is in fact 99.9% a very still body of water that is so quiet. And that's really who we are. But what we've done is we've just played in the mind, which is the top level of this whole experience, rather than like touching into and memorizing our way to the witness, to consciousness. But that's really available. And when you go there, what you realize is that part of you is always, 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 right? Sort of aware that there's nothing but being brilliant. There's no way to be messy there. 
because it's just presence and presence is a mic drop. Presence is super impressive. Presence is creativity. That's all anyone finds interesting. And so nothing else is missing. So that to me is why it is such an incredible gift to lean into that however we can, to lean into memorizing our way back to that. And I feel like for me, no matter what somebody asks me, how have you marketed your show? How did you do? I have no idea. I I really don't know anything about it. In fact, I wish my team and I have like tried a few times to really find someone who's great at marketing. And we've never found that person. We've never hired a marketing person. It's always been some ripple of some resonance and we all have it. And while we're busy trying to be smarter and more interesting and more impressive and prove to ourselves all of the things, there is the actual self, the true identity, which is the most incredibly awesome, impressive thing. And all of us connect in that place. And so it is. My last question is about your podcast, just so everybody knows that you do have a podcast and that they understand what it's about. It's also called This Girl is on Fire. Tell everybody what that show is. Well, it's called This Girl's on Fire, and I only interview women on it. And I interview women who I think are on fire. And the premise of it is so simple. It's about an hour long. And I talk them through their life. And I always start with the same question. Where were you born? What did your parents do? Because I love the idea of taking women who some of them are in the private, in the, in the public eye and some aren't, some are just women I've come across in life who I think are fascinating. And, you know, I think we've got so used to celebrity culture and that we think only famous people are interesting and, (laughs) Clearly, that's not the case. And so there are women in there who no one will have heard of, but actually I've stumbled across them and think their story is amazing. And the premise of it is sort of understanding how they got to where they are from their childhood through the lessons that they've learned. Now, some of them have been through incredibly difficult and challenging times. Some of them have just had very interesting lives. Some of the conversations are funny and the lessons that they've learned have been through hilarious moments, but some of them have been through very traumatic moments. But for me, what I want the listener to walk away from was, is either, gosh, I never thought about it that way before, or that is a really interesting way of thinking differently about something. Mm-hmm. So the sort of the seam, if you like, that runs all the way through it is thinking differently. So I asked them, at what moment did you realize you actually had to think differently about this situation? Or what, what moment did you realize thinking differently had got you out of this, this situation? And then how I finish it every single time is because the, the sort of key words of this girl is on fire is live learn and thrive and so I just ask them what's your definition of truly living what has been your greatest learning and when was a moment where you felt like you were truly thriving it's actually a very simple podcast it's a conversation between two women who were just exploring and what I love about it after two decades of live broadcasting is I love having time to let people breathe 
because I'm so used to someone sitting down and then me going, right, you got eight minutes. <laughs> you got eight, eight minutes. Tell me your life story. And then we got to go to a break. And I love the fact that actually I'm there to champion them, to show them in their best possible light. If they feel uncomfortable about something, I will take it out. It's literally so that they can show their best self, the most vulnerable self, and the most beautiful self. I love it. I love doing the podcast. It's so cool to hear you share that because it's so obvious how delighted you are with the experience. And when you made that comparison of like an eight minute conversation versus just being able to breathe (laughs) and take your time, it really is fascinating because eight minutes is definitely not enough to have a heart to heart conversation. And it's frightening that most of the time, what we're consuming is actually a hashtag or it's an Instagram post and it's a 90 second reel. So it's not even eight minutes. And this is why I think podcasting has become so big and so many people, no matter what other things they're doing, they want to have a podcast because we are so thirsty for real understanding and connection. And there's so much isolation. And when you listen like this, whether you're the listener or you are part of the creation process, there is so much satisfaction in facilitating that level of connection. And so I love that you're loving it. And I think everyone here is excited that you have one. They can come and now follow along. So tell everybody where they can find you and follow along and find updates to the show and everything like that. Well, the This Girls on Fire podcast is pretty much everywhere you can get your podcast from apple podcast spotify all all that kind of thing i'm andrea mclean you can find me if you put me into google my website should come up and all the links will be there to this girls on fire and the this girls on fire app is also on the app store and on google play as well so you can come and join me there andrea you're such a delight and you're so beautiful and this was such a gorgeous conversation. I'm so glad that you reached out. And uh, right away, I looked at your feed and I was like, oh my gosh, I want to be just like her. So I'm so (laughs) glad that we connected. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. I appreciate you and um, have a lovely day, everybody. Lovely to meet you all. You too. Beautiful. Oh my gosh. How amazing is she? All right. Here are the takeaways. Number one, freedom is on the other side of your authenticity. Number two, instead of thinking, who am I if I'm not X, Y, or Z, turn that thought into, I am now becoming what I'm meant to be. The whole worry of who am I if I'm not this is irrelevant because I am what I am. Number three, the greatest, most satisfying moment is sitting beside yourself and finding a sense of lightness of being. I am. You're not your name. You're not your parents. You're not your history and you're not your work. Your identity is really just this conscious, beautiful, endless soul. Number four, what we really want is bliss, transcendence, a mystical experience, a feeling of wholeness. And none of that comes from anything other than being in integrity. Number five, fear comes from love. Fear is trying to protect you and keep you safe. Don't try to squash it. The way to overcome it is to place your hand on its head and say, it's okay. I've got this. Thank you so much for trying to protect me. When you love it back, it will step off of you so that you can step up and walk alongside it. Number six, while we're busy trying to be smarter and more interesting and more impressive, there is the actual self, the true identity, which is the most incredibly awesome, impressive thing. It's the resonance that we already have and all of us connect in that place. Number seven, live, learn, and thrive. Thank you so much for listening. If I could say it a zillion times over and over, I would. Thank you.
Thank you for being here. We have so many good conversations that are coming up. So please follow along on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you're listening. And if you get anything from this episode or any episode, do us a favor and leave us a review. In fact, if you do that, you're going to be in luck because we are doing a giveaway today for Cyber Monday, where in addition to all the other goodies I said that we have going on at the beginning of today's podcast, if you leave us a review and you send us a screenshot, every one of you who does that is going to be given a gift. And I think that you're going to love it. So go ahead and leave us a quick review and send a screenshot to my DMs on Instagram so we can send you back a thank you and a little gift. If you feel like posting about this episode on your Instagram, you can post at kathy.heller. You could also tag Andrea. She's at Andrea McLean one and that's the number one. And last thing is it's Cyber Monday. So please go on to my Instagram anyway to see about all these bonuses, all these deals. If there's anything fun that's going to pop up today, we're going to post it there. I love you so much. I'll leave you with a song of mine and I'll talk to you soon.